Well, hey friends, thanks for joining us today. This is part three of this series we're doing, The What If Experiment. And I kind of want to be upfront with you and tell you that today's message, and I know you're watching right now, but um, it's probably not going to feel much like a sermon. It's probably going to feel more like a family meeting. So if you walk away from today and feel like, well, I feel like I just kind of sat in a family meeting, not really a sermon, then to be honest, I accomplished my goal. Because sometimes every once in a while, there are some things that are so big that a church family just needs to sit down and kind of talk about them in a real practical and very direct way. And if you're new to Next Level, like it's the first time you've turned this on and watched this, uh, we don't say this very often, but today is one of those days. And uh, this is a great Sunday because you're going to hear about many of the great things that we do, and you're going to get a real clear picture of what we expect if you decide to kind of partner with us on our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. And to begin with, I want to take you back to last year, about this time, I think, uh, when we laid out our ministry plans for this year, for 2023. Uh, we talked about all kinds of things that we wanted to do this year, and some of those things included um, creating a mental health fund for people who need some counseling, need some help, but finances were kind of a barrier to going and getting that help. Uh, we wanted to begin financially supporting the Matthews Help Center here locally, uh, the Common Heart Food Pantry. We wanted to start two to three new churches here in North Carolina. We wanted to send students to summer camps on scholarships. We wanted to provide uh, community activities for the families of our weekday preschool, and on and on and on. We had a lot of things. And I want you to know that we were able to do all of those things. To be honest, maybe not to the level that we would have liked to do, but we did start doing all of those things that I just talked about, which is absolutely amazing. And we do lots of stuff like that, like our support of Hope Match, our Single Moms Auto Repair, our Serve Sunday projects, and all of that stuff is super, super important. Um, because I don't want us to just be good as a church. I want us to actually be doing good. I want people to know that this church isn't about, give me your money, give me your money, or this church isn't just about, well, when you die someday, maybe something good will happen to you. I want everyone to know that Next Level Church is the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, and you've done an extraordinary job of that so far. So if you're looking for a church home, I just want you to know that you will never sit amongst a more generous, community-minded, non-judgmental, God-loving group of people. And I've been around a lot of churches, and this one is absolutely amazing. Now, for the purpose of our talk today, I want to talk about some different types of giving. And the first type of giving that I want to talk about is this one right here. We'll call it beginner-level giving, all right? I kind of toyed with, what do you call it? We're just going to call it beginner-level giving. So this is the giving that goes directly to something that will help immediately, right? It goes directly to something that will help immediately. And this is always energizing and it's always exciting giving. All right, I call this the Oprah moment giving. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, her most popular shows were those shows where she would just kind of shower onto some family or to some individual in need with all kinds of gifts and opportunities. And, and those often would be life-changing events for that person or that family. And I don't know about you, but I would get really emotional watching you know, the clip from that show. And again, this is giving directly to someone or something that will help immediately. And we all love doing that. And this is partly kind of an American thing. It's partly a Christian thing. So when we hear about people who are having a difficult time, there's just something in us that says, I need to help. I need to do something. But in most cases, 
That's going to mean giving directly to help with someone immediately. And we're going to continue doing this as a church. But this is just kind of what I called last week spontaneous or sporadic giving, right? This is what this beginner level giving is. And so today, I want to talk about another level of giving. We're going to call it next level giving. Now, I know, <laughs> I know, uh, when I say next level giving, let me just say, I'm not specifically talking about our church. I know it's our church name. What I'm saying is that there is giving to immediate needs. Okay, that's kind of the beginner level. But there is a more advanced level that we're going to call a next step, a next level of giving beyond this beginner level giving. Jesus, we talked about this last week. Jesus talked about it, and uh, he said this in Matthew chapter 6. Let me put it up here. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Store your treasures in heaven or in the kingdom of heaven. Again, Jesus, he talks a lot about this kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And we said last week, a kingdom is just an area where the will of that particular king is done. So heaven or the kingdom of heaven is just where the will of our heavenly father is done. So this next level of giving that we're talking about is someone makes a decision to set aside a percentage of their income and give it specifically to a local church that they are grateful for and they believe in. They're storing up treasure in the kingdom of heaven, in heaven. And God uses that money for some things that are not just immediate kind of needs. Right? Churches use this money to do things like build buildings, create environments, hire staff, have incredible kids, have incredible student programs, create small groups, publish things, create events, create Sunday services that my husband wants to come to, that my wife said that she'll come back to, that my kids beg me to go to. Next level giving is just that steady giving that says, you know what? I'm not here for the flash. I'm not here for the something immediate. I'm not doing this because it feels good or I'm just excited about it. I'm not doing it because it's emotional. I'm not doing it because the pastor gave us some inspiring sermon and, and I was in tears, so I just had to give, right? And, and all those things are good. I, they're, they're really good. They're amazing things. And uh, all the things that I told you that we've done through this year and in years past is because there's a group of people here at Next Level that understand that those things are only possible because Next Level exists as a church. And the reason that we exist day in and day out, month in, month out, year after year after year is because there's a group of people that are just steady in their giving to Next Level Church. Week after week, month after month, year after year, they give large percentages of their income to support what we do on an everyday basis. I mean, think about this. How many single moms can we help their, you know, repair their cars with our auto repair ministry if Next Level Church doesn't exist? I mean, if there's no church, there's no buildings, there's no property, there's no garage, and there's no underlying cause that ties us together. How could we come along and support organizations like Hope Match or Beds for Kids or the Matthews Help Center if there was not a church to come alongside and support those things? So it's the steady, large percentage giving of a group of people to this local church that makes those other things possible. And I don't know if you know this, but this church is 100% funded by the giving of people, the people that you see around you. There is no government funding. There's no denominational support. This church is 100% funded by your giving 
And it is the primary giving, or primarily the giving, from those who choose to set aside 10% or more of their income that keeps this place going. That, that keeps us working towards our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, there's another way of thinking about this. Uh, let's talk about the two types of giving. I want to talk about intervention giving versus preventative giving, right? Intervention giving versus prevention giving. Intervention giving is the kind of giving that we just talked about where somebody's in a crisis and you give to help them out of the crisis. We talked about that. We all love to do that. Prevention giving is giving so that something bad never happens in the first place. Now, the problem is, here in America, in the U.S., we tend to lean more towards intervention than prevention in every area of our life. Okay, I want you to think about this. People get married all the time, getting married every week, and they are told, hey, before you get married, you should read some books, right? You, you should get some premarital counseling. Uh, there are some things you should work on before you're married that will prevent problems down the road. And what do most couples do? They ignore all of that advice, right? Because they don't need any of that stuff right now. And then, inevitably, they get a couple of years into their marriage and they maybe have developed some bad relational habits or their communication skills just suck and, and their marriage gets worse and worse. So then what do they decide to do? Well, now they decide we need some help. We need intervention and they go see a counselor. And, and here's what I know from doing this for, gosh, 30 years. Most marriage issues, most, maybe not all, most can be prevented most issues can be prevented, but we don't like doing preventative maintenance. Instead, we want intervention. We want someone to fix the problem, but we really don't want to do the things that could prevent the problem in the first place. So consequently, as, as Americans, we're just not good at prevention. We're not good at prevention in our marriage. We're not good in our prevention financially either. Right? You, you've heard me stand on a stage and say, hey, get a budget, get a budget, get a budget. Live on less than you make. If you'll give first, save second, live on the rest, you will have margin. Right? But we don't like preventative stuff, so we spend every dollar. We don't save. And actually, we live on more than we make, so we take on massive amounts of debt. And then the economy changes. And because you haven't practiced good financial discipline, now you need intervention, right? You need a credit counselor. You need someone to consolidate all of your debt. Because as Americans, we're not very good at thinking prevention. We think intervention, right? Same thing with our health. Uh, you don't exercise. I, I don't exercise enough. And then we go to a doctor and say, well, um, you know, I know things aren't right. Is there something that you can do? Can you just give me a pill, right? Is there a surgery that you can do to just fix it? Is there a fix for that? And every doctor knows, well, you, you could have absolutely prevented this. But again, we don't like prevention. And so we pay a price for that physically. And unfortunately, we give that way too. We lean towards intervention giving. We don't lean towards prevention giving. So let me kind of define this for you. Intervention giving is emotional, right? It's emotional. And the results are measurable, Okay, so this is emotional giving because you see the pictures, you hear the stories, and somebody gets up with a sad story, and so it's emotional. And the results 
are usually measurable, right? We're going to build 50 beds for kids. We're going to support 100 families for Christmas. We're going to help 500 single moms. We're going to start five new churches. There's always some sort of numeric value that's attached. So it's emotional, and generally it's always measurable. But prevention giving is neither. It's neither, but it is far superior, right? Prevention giving is not emotional, It's generosity, but it's not measurable, right? But it is far, far superior. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather give to an organization that prevents child abuse or give to an organization that rescues kids from child abuse? Now, I know it's a trick question, but the answer is both, right? Now, I would give to anyone that is securing a child from harm, that's rescuing them out of harm, but how much better would it be for that child to have never been abused in the first place. The problem is you can't measure what's been prevented. And since you can't measure it, it's not emotional, right? We all know that there's a value there, but unfortunately it's just not emotional because we can't measure it. And here's my point when it comes to giving. Systematic giving, giving on a regular percentage basis to a great church is preventative giving. It's preventative giving. When I say a great church, I mean a church that is on mission to reach people with the life-changing news of Jesus that's in the community, being the hands and feet of Jesus, that cares about the next generation of students and kids, that cares about families, that cares about marriages, that makes it a priority to be authentic, real, relevant, that allows questions to be asked, right? Systematic giving to that kind of church is preventative giving. And it is hard to talk about preventative giving because I can't stand up here with numbers and tell you how many marriages that we have saved or children that we have rescued or families that we have helped because we don't know, because it never happened in the first place, because someone found life in Jesus and they never went down that path, right? Yet that is why what happens here is so powerful. And what happens in any local church that's getting it done is that they understand that this is so powerful. It is preventative, but you can't measure it. And so it's not emotional. Now, we will always be a church that rescues, right? But the power of a great church isn't the rescue. The power of a great church is what you can't measure. It's what we together prevent. And those of you who are percentage givers, who like our family, you just give up. 10% off the top, you help pay the bills, you pay the staff, you maintain the buildings, you help create environments, you pay the electricity, and all that non-glamorous, non-sexy, non-cool, non-emotional stuff, you help with that. You have no idea of the difference you've made because you have prevented the stories from ever being acting. There are stories that will never be told because of what you've done and because of your commitment And because of the fact that you get it and it never happened in the first place. That's the power of next level giving. And here's my challenge. Last week I asked you to go home and come up with a plan and put giving at the top of your list. I hope you went and did that, right? To make giving your first priority. And then I challenged you to pick a percentage to give away. And some of you, hey, we know, you you need some help with the budgeting aspect of things. There's no shame in that. So in order to help get you there, here's what we did. If you go to this link, you can scan this QR code or you can go to this link directly, nextlevelchurch.org slash budget. All right, just pull out your phone, go there. And if you go there, we have a couple of resources that can help you. 
One is a link to a very detailed budget that you can just copy and paste into your own spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet, Excel, whatever it is that you use, and you can start managing your money. The first step in giving at a higher level is knowing what your income is, and that's there, and then directing where every dollar goes, right? The budget should help you with that. And then for anyone who needs a little more help, like I need more help than that, on that same page, just scroll down a little bit, and you can see a link to sign up for a short 45-minute budgeting webinar where we're going to walk you through some of the common questions and pitfalls that people typically have in budgeting. Right? We're going to try to make that webinar as accessible as possible, so it's going to be during the lunch hour on Thursday, November 20th. So from noon to 1245 on November 30th, you can just sign up on that page and you can watch and participate in that webinar. Now, I truly hope that, that this becomes a very helpful resource that helps you accomplish your financial goals, right? The things that you want for you and your family. So while you're thinking about those things, I have one more challenge for you. I want to lay in front of you this challenge for 2024. I want to challenge you to become 10% givers just for a year. So for a year, I want to challenge you to begin to give 10% of your income to your local church. And last week, I talked about all the corollary benefits that I've observed in people who give at that level. Things like reduced financial anxiety, fewer marriage fights over money, more peace, more joy. I absolutely would love for you to possibly experience those things in your life as well. So as we start looking towards 2024, I want to challenge all of you to become a next level giver. Someone who understands preventative giving. Somebody who understands the value of giving to their local church. And if you're not a percentage giver, I want you to become a percentage giver. And if you're already percentage givers, I want to challenge you to step up to that level of 10% giving. And when I think about all of our combined potential in terms of what we can do in this community, it is staggering to me to think about the prevention that we could do and what we could represent in terms of the cause of Christ in our community. So for 2024... I want to challenge you to consider becoming a 10% giver. And you may have heard this term before, but 10% giving, is, it's called in, in church world tithing. And I know we got a lot of people from all kinds of backgrounds, so let me explain it to you the same way that my parents explained it to me. But instead of using dimes, um, which would be kind of hard for you to see up here, I'm going to use dollars. Um, tithing, it's just an ancient term. You may have heard it, may not, but it goes all the way back to Abraham, and it referred to the 10% of everything that you produce that you would give to God. 10% right? of your flock or 10% of your grain or 10% of your wheat, 10% of your corn, your silver, 10% of your gold. Right? It's just 10%. Now in our culture, now that just simply represents 10% of your income. And here's what I'm asking you to do. And you know I won't ask you to do something I haven't been doing my whole life. I'm asking that every time that you get... 10 of these, right? All right? Every time that you get 10 of these, what I want you to do is I want you to take one of these and I want you to say, God, I'm going to invest this in how your church prevents lives from being destroyed. This is my preventative investment. Not only are people's eternal lives going to be changed, but because of my investment, people's lives in this current life will be changed, right? Personal hells will be prevented. So for every 10 of these, I want to invest one of these in your church. This is my investment in the future 
of the next generation of kids ministry, middle schoolers, high schoolers. This is my investment in the next generation of families and marriages. This is my investment in the next generation of people who aren't going to drop below the poverty line because of what they learn in this local church. And God, thank you for allowing me to manage all 10 of these. So I'm just going to take one and I want to put it in circulation in my church. My church that's getting it done, raising your reputation where I live, work, and play. Now, I completely understand it's a whole lot easier when these are $1 bills, right? And it gets harder when these become 20s or 50s or 100s or we don't have a $1,000 bill when this becomes thousands or tens of thousands, right? But the attitude's still the same. God, you've given me 10 of these. Why would I not take one and give it back to you? You let me keep the other nine. And besides, Think of the impact on your kingdom when I choose to give one of these back to your church. And if those of you who call our church your home decided to do that, you know what? You just said, I'm not going to wait to be asked. I'm not going to wait to be begged. I don't need to see a giving pyramid. I'm just going to take one of every 10 that God gives me and believe, and I'm grateful for my church, and I believe in what God is doing through my church, and I'm just going to be a part of that, and I'm going to give. If you would just do that, right? If you would just step up, if you decide, I'm not going to be an emotional giver, I'm going to give first. I'm telling you, our potential together in terms of starting more churches, preventing heartache, preventing homelessness, preventing unforeseen disasters in families, preventing alcoholism, preventing drug addiction, all of that is absolutely incredible. Now, I want to make this as easy for you as possible. And that's why we're, uh, we're not starting next week, right? We're going to start about eight weeks from now. I'm going to give you eight weeks to get ready for this. But to make it easier for you, because fear plays a pretty big role in giving at this level, I want to say, if you'll make a commitment to be a 10% giver in 2024, and at some point in that year you hit a financial crisis and you need that money back, here's what we'll do. We'll give it all back to you. Right? That's how much I believe in giving at this level. I just want you to experience what it feels like to know that I'm part of something way bigger than myself. Now, let me move to something real practical here. Um, just like we want you to have a budget, churches need to have a budget too. But there's kind of a major difference between you and a church. Most of you already have a pretty good idea of what your income is going to be in 2024. Right? You may not be exact, but you've got a pretty good uh, idea. You could get pretty close. Churches especially churches like ours that reach people mostly who have given up on church or skeptical about church or have no church background, we don't have any way of knowing what to expect in 2024. Now, we we have done over the years a pretty good job of guessing based on what we kind of know, but it's never very accurate. So last year, we asked you to, please, could you just tell us what you plan to give? And that kind of helped, right? And and we we decided we need to do that again this year, and maybe we'll do that every year. I'm going to ask at this time, if you're here, our ushers are going to come out. They're going to hand out a card. And if you're watching online, you can see an electronic version of this card uh, on that same budget link. If you go to this same page right here, go all the way to the bottom, you'll see a button that you can click. And there you'll be able to see a version of this card, right? And so as they're handing the cards out, let me describe the card to you. It just says, hey, with God's help, I plan to give X number of dollars a month in 2024. There's also a place for you to add like any non-regular giving, like, hey, I want to give this. Maybe it's a portion of a bonus or a commission that you kind of already anticipate because you get that every single year. And then there's a box that just simply says, I accept the tithe challenge, 
right? That 10% challenge. And that is the challenge that I want to inspire you to step into. Now, you may already be given at that level. If so, you don't got to check anything unless you just want to for some reason. I just wanted to put that box on this card as an important step for people. Because sometimes there's just something powerful about checking a box. And again, if you hit a financial crisis and you need that money back in 2024, we'll give it all back to you, right? Like, it sounds pretty risk-free, right? I, I don't want you to do anything with that card, though, right? I don't want you to do it. I just want you to take it home. I want you to sit down. I want you to sit with your spouse, and I want you to pray about it. Just say, God, would you help me to honor you? Would you help me to give? Would you give me the strength? Would you give me the courage to be a regular percentage giver to my church? And whatever percentage, whatever number you come up with, just write it down. And some of you, you may have never given on a regular basis before. I would encourage you, pray about becoming a percentage giver. Pray about a percentage of your income that you want to give in 2024. You may not be ready to go all the way to 10%, but you can start somewhere. All right, this is not a guilt thing. This is not a manipulation thing. This is not saying, hey, either give 10% or nothing. All right, you might just need to take a step. And whatever that step is, just write it down when you're at home. But some of you, you know. God is calling you. He's been calling you to step up to that 10% level, and you feel it. I would encourage you to step up and do it. Then, next week, we're going to come together, and we're going to offer those cards to our Heavenly Father. We're just going to humbly say, God, here I am placing you first in my finances, and this is the step that I'm taking to do that. So, here is what today is all about. Today is about your church, your church being the hope of the world. And it's the hope of the world because Jesus is the hope of the world. And what an awesome privilege it is to take a percentage of anything that he allows me to manage and to place it back into a church that's getting it done in our community, both for eternity and in this life. What a privilege it is to give. And I just want you to do it for that reason. I don't want you to do it anything. I don't want you to do anything out of guilt or any kind of, any kind of pressure. I just want you to join me and my family and the many other families in systematic preventative giving to this local church. Without the church, without all the churches that I've been a part of, I can't imagine where I would be today. I know where my heart could have potentially taken me and I can guess some of the heartache that I might have experienced, but there is no way to know what being in church prevented for me because there's no way to measure what the local church prevented me from doing. And friends, there is no way to measure what the local church has prevented you or your children or your grandchildren from experiencing in this life. So I just want you to know, when it comes to church and giving to church, I'm in. I have always been in. I just want more of you to join me and my family and many of the families sitting around you month after month, year after year, those who choose to sacrificially give to this church. Let's not simply be intervention givers, right? That, that's good for a few times a year, and it honestly it feels really good. But let's be prevention givers who understand the value of church, who understand what God is up to in their church. Let's do something so extraordinary that other churches take notice and join us in this amazing journey to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. So here's what I want. Go home. Think about this. Pray about this. And then let's come together next week and let's collectively do something extraordinary. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, none of us are really sure what the future holds. 
but we do know that the gospel is powerful and that a good church can provide accountability and teaching. God, help us to be a great church that expands our influence in a way that honors you and our community. Give us wisdom to know what to do with the information that we just heard and the courage to do it. And please, do something extraordinary for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you're helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, I don't ask this just when we talk about money, I ask it every single week. Uh, would you mind heading over to our website, nextlevelchurch.org? You could, even today, select that give button at the top, the big green button. And uh, when you do, choose one of those giving options that's there. It's your faithful support, as I just talked about, that helps us raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, let me read those words of Jesus again. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 20 says, Don't store up treasure here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Hey, may you store up our treasures in heaven. May you become next level givers. May your giving do something extraordinary to raise the reputation of Jesus where you live, work, and play. Hey guys, have a blessed week. We'll see you back next week. We're going to do something incredible next week. I can't wait for you to be a part of it.